Welcome to Music Raygun. I'm Paul Ciampanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a musical topic, then we watch a bunch of YouTube clips about that topic. Now here's the important part. If you go to musicraygun.com slash playlists, you'll find a playlist of those clips so you can see everything we're talking about on the show. Isn't that right, Craig? Yes! Uh, episode 27 of 27. Music Raygun. 27! It's our big first anniversary show. Happy and anniversary, Paul. Happy anniversary. <laughs> So for our anniversary show, the theme of the episode is what, Kirk? We're going to talk about Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Why, Kirk, are we talking about Minneapolis on our anniversary show? Because our very first episode, we talked about Prince. All about Prince. All about Prince. We got deeply into Prince. Although I want to bring up the story of technically uh, that wasn't our first episode. We mentioned that Did on the first that? episode that we there's a great lost pilot. <laughs> the lost pilot. Literally <laughs> lost because I destroyed the file <laughs> yes. trying to teach myself to edit. But oh, it yeah. wasn't even music raygun. No, I don't did we Yeah, we, we had a good you had a good name okay, for which big I reveal, loved. big reveal. What was the original name of this podcast? All Night Long Box. Oh right, right, right. All and I loved All Night Long Box. Yeah. It didn't really fit what we do now, but it was just you and I talking for two hours, no video. Right. And it, we talked about boy bands yeah. for two hours straight. That wasn't a bad name, no, but I couldn't man. come up with a concept for artwork for yeah. it. And then also the reason I ultimately decided it doesn't work is because, uh, well, the, a long box for people who don't know was the original packaging for CDs. It was yes. a, a tall cardboard box. Yes, and not but, environmentally sound. Right, it had a lot of wasteful paper. Yes. They were really cool. Oh, they were the best. Way better than just jewel cases. Yeah. But eventually they were phased out because it was just wasteful. Yeah. Um, but in comic book circles, long boxes are those long cardboard boxes you store comic books in. Oh, I didn't know that because I'm not a comic book guy. Oh, okay. Right. So there, okay. Are, there, A, there are already a lot of comics podcasts right. that have long box puns in them. Yeah. And B, I didn't want listeners coming to us thinking that we were a comics yeah, podcast, no, that makes sense. And then we're music. That podcast. makes sense. Yeah. So it was a happy accident. It was a good thing you, you right. lost that pilot. That's right. I forgot about that, yeah, too. It was the great. original name. All that long box, I was like, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the official first episode of the show was about Prince. Yep. So to celebrate the anniversary, we didn't want to just do another Prince episode, although, you know, that would have been fine. Yep. Um, but it's because Prince was from Minneapolis. If people don't get that, that's the reason. <laughs> if you didn't figure that out. Right. Yeah. He's from Minneapolis. His style of music is known as the Minneapolis sound. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're going to be covering most of that ground. The today. majority of it. Right. Almost all of it. But like our last location-based episode, which was L.A., yep. it's it's almost like a Je Jekyll and Hyde. There's really two halves to this episode. There's which two are Minneapolis. Your choices, which are sort of on a theme, yep. and my choices, which are more my style. Yes. Although my stuff's a little bit... Whatever. Well, you vary more. Let's get into you it. We're going to go in chronological order tonight. Oh, Nice. So let's go all the way back to the 1940s. Yep. And look at a clip featuring the Andrews sisters. Which just makes me think of my grandma. Sure. This yeah. is, is real grandma music. Yeah. Although this is a fun clip. I think you're going to dig it. They're known for Boogie Woogie, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, which we're not going to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because yep, yep, yep. it's too obvious. We don't yep. do greatest hits around here. But this is a clip from an Abbott and Costello movie. Because they did Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy on an Abbott and Costello movie, and it worked out so well that they like would appear in a bunch of Abbott and Costello movies. Oh, okay. After that. So this is from In the Navy from 1941. I've, okay, I know that movie. Yeah, I've seen that, so I've probably seen this. I haven't, 
but I've watched this clip, and it's them doing a song called Give Me Some Skin, My Friend. A great title. Uh, yeah. The Andrew sisters are Laverne, Maxine, and Patty. Those are great names. They really are. <laughs> These are great, like, World War II names. Laverne needs to come back <laughs> yeah, as a Yeah, it does. Um, and, but Patty is, Patty's the blonde one, and she's sort of obviously the star. Yeah. Really just this. Oh, we got a little joke. <laughs> real, real Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Oh, listen to that big band sound. Here they come. Oh my God! So, oh yeah, they're great. They're great. They're the cats meow. They, uh, they're cats pajamas. Yeah. But not knowing that much about them, but they were like they were huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like they were. It's like TLC back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So are we saying Patty's in the middle? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, I feel like our modern sensibilities makes this seem dirtier than it is, but I don't know if this was supposed to be a double entendre I was just thinking that because I was like, is this really dirty or is that just me? Yeah, it sounds like uh, my neck, my back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they can do it all. They can tap a little, too. Yeah. This is a cool... But something about Patty pops just a little more. She's got a little more sparkle. Yeah, and then yeah. she kind of gets the solo here. I would love to know how young they are in this. Ooh, they've got to be in their 20s, right? Which, even though that's true, to me, I'm like, oh, they're old. Because it seems like grandma music. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. Point a pair of getaway sticks on that thing. <laughs> Look at those games. Yeah. I, it's interesting. The, give me some skin, which I always associated as 70s. Yeah. You know, I didn't know it was that fun. I don't think I did either. There's a Stooges song called Give Me Some Skin. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. I associate it with, like, what's happening or good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Walker's in it. Well, they were, they were cool, man, yeah. at the time. Yeah, I mean, this was... I'm, I'm sure there's some grandmas of this t- day were like, oh, the Andrew sisters are dirty. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at how high those skirts yeah, are. Yeah, it's at the knee. Just below the knee. Yeah. a bunch of, yeah. Hussies, I think is. Hussies, yes. Hussies. That's a fine term. Oh, uh, get a little dance sequence going here. Oh, yeah, now we got some cool dancing. Hoofers. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, even Patty's in front again. Yeah, we need more movies like this where like the plot is just an excuse to have music and dance numbers. Yeah, there's no need for this in this movie. I, I it's remember just entertainment. It's just entertainment. It's like uh, you know, uh, Evan Costello set it up. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're going to this dance. Here they are. I mean, they're not even in the scene. It's just a total break for a music yeah. video. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, she's got charisma. Yeah, I mean, they're all talented, but Patty's got the it factor. Yeah, you can just, just from that little bit, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was the Andrew sisters who are from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Did not know that. Uh, we're going to do another one of my clips. Mm-hmm. A little more recent. This is from the 60s. 1965, the magic year for all garage rock. 
This is a band called The Castaways. Vaguely know the name, but that when might you, be familiar. When you hear this song, okay. Liar Liar, you'll say, oh, this song. It's okay. in like Animal House. It's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which is what I always think of when oh, okay. I hear it. Uh, and it's got a really unique vocal performance by the guitar player Robert Folshow, which if you've never seen them before, you might not realize it was a dude. Really? Because of the falsetto okay. nature of the verses in this song. This is a really I'm... cool kind of classic. Of of those like nuggets of that 60s garage rock thing, this is one of the better known ones. So I think you'll recognize it. All right. Okay, yep. Yep. I recognize the song totally. That's a dude! Yeah. I remember this from Lockstock. Absolutely. He, here's the cool part. He sings the whole thing. Yeah. So you think it's like a duet, but he just does that part in the falsetto, but then the rest of it is the same guy. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. They look so square, but this song is so cool. Yeah. What uh, What other movie was it that you mentioned? I think it shows up in Animal House. Okay. Oh my god. They get a cool little dance Go-go dancer. Go-go yeah, dancer in there. Yeah. Super 60s. Yes. This must have been very scandalous, though. Yeah. How she was dressed. I don't know where you would have seen this. No, me neither. Like, on TV? Before a movie? Maybe that, like, I was thinking before a movie. Yeah. Maybe that would be allowed. Okay, I remember all of this. It's so cool. And their drummer is such a fucking Opie. Like, <laughs> he looks like Howdy Doody. He does. I can't fucking believe that's a dude. I know, that. right? Like, I just thought it was like a woman doing that bit, and then the guys came in. That yeah. is fascinating. Yeah. Wow. What is that name of that big-ass guitar he has? Uh, I don't know. I'm not Is that like super... a Fender or... Uh, Grosh? I don't know. Oh, that's huge. I know. I can identify bass guitars okay. by, by their appearance better than regular guitars. But I think it's one of those semi-hollow bodies that's bigger. Oh, okay. it needs more space. Got it. Yeah. For, uh, like, air or whatever. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they, it's funny. They do look just like a bunch of dorks. Yeah, they really are dorky. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think... They'd be wearing like leather jackets and shades, yeah. but the <laughs> wink at the no, end from the drummer. The no yeah. wink and the goofy smile. That Just is fantastic. A, such a classic garage yeah. rock. I love that kind of thing. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, but I thought it would blow your minds with the. That with is the stunning. Falsetto. Never in yeah. a million years would I think that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to jump right, right to the 80s now. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get a bunch of your picks now. Yeah, I forgot that I did this one, to be honest with you. This is uh, Sheena Easton. Because she's technically not from Minneapolis. She's not from Minneapolis. She's Scottish, right? Yeah, she's Scottish. Uh, but her sound is the Minneapolis sound. Is that this, sound this song is, yeah. I will say before we start, for my entire life, I have always confused Sheena Easton and Sheila E. <laughs> they're nothing alike, no. but they have similar sounding names yep. and they're both Prince affiliates. They're Prince affiliates, and yes. And so, in my head, when I hear one name, I'm never sure which one it is. <laughs> the percussionist yep. or the Scottish singer. Sheena Easton is the Scottish singer yeah. who came before she, a little bit before Sheila E. Yeah. And um, what song are we going to This write? is Sugar Walls. And the big deal about this song was Sheena Easton was like a goody two-shoes. That's 
That's how they uh, sold her. Yeah, like she a had, Debbie Boone. They, she had her big song before that was "Morning Train," mm-hmm. which was just a song My about baby takes, takes the morning. Oh, it's that's real Shane square. Easton? Okay. That's Shane Easton, and then but that she also did a James Bond for your eyes only, which uh-huh. is a ballad. Yeah, and then they're and then she must have been like, you know what? I'm sexier than that. <laughs> and then so Prince is like, here, there's a song called Sugar Walls. Oh, so is, has do you know the song? I don't think so. I, I watched the clip, but I didn't really recognize okay. it. That that gives me a question because obviously Prince was known for having a lot of proteges yeah. and forming a lot of bands and especially having like female proteges. Yeah. Was this unique in that he took an, a somewhat established artist and then transformed her into a Prince? A, a bit, yeah. Protégé? A little bit. Yeah. It wasn't really widely known that he wrote the song for her. It was yeah. more of a little like kind of like, oh, Prince wrote the song for her. Okay, it wasn't like announced or anything because yeah. he wasn't as huge this was a little bit before uh this might have been around purple rain but before it was really, really it has that sound yeah that minneapolis sound <clears throat> it has a minneapolis sound it's, it's just, just amazing to me that knowing uh sheena easton as take the morning train mm-hmm. and for your eyes only which is a really not a good james bond ballad <laughs> to go to this and she gets real sexy in this compared to her other videos. Already, that drum machine sound. Oh, yeah, the Lynn drum machine. That's yeah. Prince, yeah. That's straight up Prince. I mean, this whole thing is just so Prince. Yeah. Um, this is a great song. And I'm sure you guys can figure out what Sugar Wall is all when she sings the chorus. It's not subtle. <laughs> it's yeah. not. That sound is it's, so... It's about as subtle as my neck, my back. <laughs> Yep. Uh, but she's selling it. Yeah, um, if I mean, like, if I heard this on the, just the intro, if I heard this on the radio, I would assume is this a Prince song? Yeah. Know? Yep. Um, my sugar walls, guys. You know what that is. And um, I mean, you know, later on, he had another duet with her. You've got the look. Right, that's not uh, that was a bit that was a sound of times, yeah. And that apparently was one of those that wasn't going to be the plan. Yeah. He was recording the song, and I guess she was in another studio, and he's like, "Hey, come sing this. <laughs> Here, do this." And she's like, "Okay, fine." Yeah. And they just did it. Um, and she said what anyone said when Prince said, "Work with me." No, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, she also, they also have. Uh, I credit them with one of the worst Prince songs ever. One of the worst duets ever. Ooh, ooh. Um, is this Graffiti Bridge? Or no, Arms no. Or Under the Cherry Moon? This is, uh, this is uh, the Batman soundtrack, Arms of Orion. Oh, that, yeah. I knew it was a movie. Yeah. It is horrific. Yeah. It is so bad. I have, I have really positive memories of the Batman soundtrack, though. Because you have to remember, when that came out in 1989, I was six years old. Yeah. And Batman was one of the first blockbuster movies that, at that age, I remember oh, like, yeah. being super into. Yeah. And my older brother got that soundtrack on cassette for Christmas that year. Oh, and yeah. And Trust is still one of my top Trust five, possibly top three favorite Prince songs. I would not put it even in the top 20, but that's a good song. <laughs> yeah. But that album, that's one of those albums where you're like, oh my god, this is going to be earth shattering. And you listen to it and you go... It's, it's pretty, yeah. What are you doing, Prince? Bat dance is kind of embarrassing. Except for the middle funky part, which is good. <laughs> yeah. But what... Uh, Party is, Man and Trust I'm are... A big, I'm a big fan of Vicky Waiting, and I think Scandalous is a good ballad. Yeah. 
But, uh, oh boy, the overall, you're just like, well, it's, yeah, it's real filler. It's really interesting, too, because he was originally only, uh, was going to do a, a song. Yeah. He wanted to do one song, and then, uh, he got really into the uh, rough cut of the movie, and he's like, hey, um, I'm going to do a whole album, Timber. Yeah. Timber's like, yes, you are. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and then came up with that. Um, it's really weird, though. Really weird. Like, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman's eternal collaboration feels right. Yeah. But, like, mixing Prince and Tim it's, Burton it's, is a real, real, like... I think that's an idea that only comes from cocaine, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it didn't really work, and he was also doing 8 million things. Yeah. So some of the songs he had, he already had. Yeah. He didn't, like, write new stuff. He, like, repurposed some old stuff on it. Vicky Waiting is a song... It had a different name, like Susanna Waiting, which right. is Susanna Melvoin, his girlfriend. Yes. He just was like, well, it's not Vicky, because Vicky's a character. Yeah. And Electric Chair and stuff like that, that was all um, old stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to neglect Sheena here, who's doing sexy talk now. She, yeah, she's and she's pretty good looking. Yeah, she's great. She's no vanity, but... She's no is, vanity. But again, this, this... Vanity could have sung the song. Yeah. Apollonia could have sung the song. Well, Vanity could have... Sung the Sex, song same with Apollonia, but right, yeah, right. Shanice can actually really sing. Yeah. Um, but this is like the first time I remember seeing this video going, wow, Shanice is like, I was like 13, I was like, oh my god. Did she like look squeaky clean in her early incarnation? She too? looked like 80s. She had bobby socks? <laughs> Not too bad. She, she looked, looked like, like one of the, the uh, Andrew sisters. She looked, <laughs> she looked like 80s. Um, 80s cool. Yeah. Like 80s, uh, not hip is not the right word, but like 80s well-dressed. Yeah, well, she's not raunchy in no, this video, but she but does. But the song is raunchy. Right. Like and if you she, go, she's looking good. Yeah. yeah. If, if you go back in here, oh, this is the extended dance room. We don't need to, to do another two minutes of this. I mean, <laughs> we can. Uh, I'm always down for an extended dance remix of Sugar Roll. We spent, we spent half of it talking about the Batman <laughs> soundtrack, so let's at least talk about Gina <laughs> Easton a little bit. about Gina Easton. Um, the earrings which look like bananas are fascinating yeah yeah she's not she doesn't look raunchy but the way she's looking into the camera yes is ha, is yes. sexually powerful yes. I don't know how else to say it and then she got sexier for uh, you got the look yeah which is, it's a, that's a great video and she's just really selling it there like she's reminding me of the sexiest look like with the eyes, actual look in yeah. a music video ever, which is Susanna Hobbs in the walk like. In the oh Disney yeah, when she looks the other. When she looks yeah. to the side at, and she said, "I was looking at one guy in, in the audience over there, and I was looking at another guy in the audience over uh, there." But she doesn't break. She doesn't look directly into the camera the way Sheena's doing. Yeah, she looks over there, and then she looks over there, and it's for it's, some reason the hottest. No, thing it's ever. pretty hot. I yeah, mean, yeah. Sheena does a good job with this, but uh, the but she, yeah, was, Sheena's looking at you. Yes, yes. I think they're... <laughs> they are reusing the yeah, same... Yeah. I think this is now we're in the territory where someone uh, has the audio of the extended oh, mix. Oh, that's right. Just, just throwing they it They remixed the video to, yes. to go over it. So, yeah, we can... we can Let's fade this out. <laughs> we, we get it. Because we, we just keep seeing the same 10 seconds. We keep seeing the same hearings again. of Sheena Easton. Yeah. Uh, I will say, before we even move forward, I, most of the your selections this time are... Artists I have never heard of. I understand oh, wow. that they're all like Minneapolis sound, mm -hmm. Minneapolis based artists, 
but I don't know any of this stuff. So you're going to have to do a lot of setup. Who do you have next? I'm surprised. I, th- I thought the Jets were bigger. We're going to talk about the Jets, okay. which is a Minneapolis family band who are Samoan. <clears throat> yeah. As opposed to Jet, that shitty third wave garage rock band from the early Which, 2000s. are you going to be my girl? Right, 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 right. I like that song. Yeah. Not a good song for you? Well, it's I only good. know that I mean, song. It's good because it's just a ripoff of Lust for Life by Iggy Oh, Pop. yeah, you're right. That is that. But it's that not like that. you ever need to buy a Jet album. No, right? that song is good yeah. enough. This is the Jets. The Jets were really big in the 80s. Right. They were a family band out of Minneapolis. Prince didn't necessarily produce them. I don't think he ever gave them a song. But their connection is uh, they he liked them a lot, and he uh, they opened for him on um, one of his tours. Yeah. Um, but it's a big old family band. They play all their own instruments. It's a mix of brothers and sisters. Uh, one of the sisters is the is the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all, like I said, play their own instruments. And this was their first big hit called Curiosity. Okay. Very bubblegum R&B pop. Yeah, I listened to it before we uh, recorded it. Yeah, I like this one. This but is, I, but I, I wasn't familiar with it. This is my favorite song, and this is the most Minneapolis Prince sound that they get. Yeah, it gets real poppy later on. What year are we in here? This Eight, would be eighty-five. Yeah, you got a real sweet spot in the mid eighties. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my. I mean, it makes sense. It's yeah, when you were. I was a teen. Yeah, and I loved her. Oh, with the big hair, the lead yeah. singer. I can't remember her name, but wearing a blo- big glossy shirt. With uh, hair bands and... Uh, it looks hair. like an episode of Square Pegs or something. <laughs> Square Pegs is a great show. <laughs> but like the pants with the... Uh, pegs? Uh, pegs, it's great. And they're all walking in class. So, yeah, so they're all brothers and sisters. It's a huge fucking family. So you hear this and you're like, wow, this sounds a Prince. little bit like, yeah. like Prince. Yeah. Um, and this wasn't their biggest song. It was their first big song. It was their first big song, but like they had they had bigger songs uh, that didn't sound as Prince like. Yeah. They had Curiosity, uh, Curiosity was this one, um, uh, Rocketeer, which sounds a lot, nothing like this. They had Crush on You, that was a huge song. And then they had a couple of ballads. I wonder if I'd recognize any of them if I heard. Make them. It Real was one. You've Got It All. That was a huge ballad for them. Yeah. Um, We'll play it. I'll play it for you later, and you might be like, yeah. Yeah, we did that last week with after we with stopped Brand recording. New I, yeah, you played uh, Dream on Dreamer by yeah. the Brand New Heavies. And I was like, oh, I absolutely know <laughs> yep. this song. Yeah. You'll recognize uh, you recognize the thing. This, this, I don't know, her headband with the, I don't know what you call it, I but it's such either. an 80s look. With yes. The, and like a lot of the, like the be- the long beads and the yeah. be- I dated so many girls who wore big ass sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> I love big ass sweaters, man. Yeah. Oh, it's just such a good look. But they had a run. I mean, they had I'm gonna say 84, 85 to at least 92. Yeah. So that's a pretty good run of like top 10, top 20 hits. Sure. Um, and now I think you know they all went on to have like families and regular jobs, and then every now and then they're like, "You want to do a revival tour?" And they do a, like a quick little revival tour. It's fun. Um, and they also it's a band that had electric drums, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, love electric drums. You said that before. Oh, I'm such a fan. Do you like Prince because of the use of electric drums, or do you like electric drums because you associate it with Prince? I don't associate electric drums with Prince. Uh, I because he didn't really use electric drums. He used either drums or a drum programming, oh, the, Lynn, pro, the, yeah, the, the Lynn, machine, yeah. the Lynn drum machine. Which, uh, interesting enough, uh, Questlove has gone on the record and said 
Prince is the best drum programmer in the history of music. Ah. Yeah, he's like not best drummer, but drum programmer. Yeah, it's he's like skill. Yeah, he's yeah. like the things that he does with a with the drum machine is unbelievable. And anything that Questlove says about music is right. You can take him at his word. Yeah, you're yeah. not gonna go not really Quest. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's right. He's yeah. spot on. But he's, um, he's the king of music nerds. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, and I think he would appreciate the Jets. I love the Jets also because they play their own instruments and they dance at the same time, which I'm a big fan of as well. I like them, but I prefer the Sharks. <laughs> I'm take. sorry. I'm sorry. Podcast canceled. <laughs> Thank you, people. We did our one year. We, we did 26 and a half episodes. <laughs> we called it a day. <laughs> But uh, if, if, this, <laughs> if this show goes on at all, Kirk should just do it by himself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kirk Pantheon's Music Radio. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul has killed himself. You know I was waiting to say that <laughs> the whole time you were talking about I, the Jets. I would have been sad if you hadn't said it. If, you, if you've been holding on to that, yeah, yeah. I would have felt real bad. <laughs> real bad. Don't, be, don't, don't feel bad about that one. See, now so wait. The, the plot of the video for anybody listening who hasn't watched it yet is the Jets are performing at a school dance. Yep. And there's one dude in the front who's aggressively flirting with the yes, lead singer. Yes, and is ridiculously pretty. Yeah. But then her spirit pops out of her body yeah. and goes with him. Is he dead? Is he a ghost? To heaven? <laughs> now, I'm clear. I don't think he goes to wherever it is that Ralph Tresvan gets to play for the <laughs> Lakers. Might, now, uh... I don't think it has anything to do with this, but the Jets were very religious. They mm. like were they were a religious family. I, it feels that way, yeah, because they are so clean cut. They were clean cut. They did funky stuff, but it was never dirty. Yeah, not, it, not it wasn't raunchy. purposely like religious or purposely clean. Yeah, it's not it's not Christian R and B. No, uh, which I think you would just call gospel. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but. Um, uh, yeah, that was real fun. Yeah, that was the Jets. There was no that was it's good. This sounds more um, uh, reductive than I mean it to be, but it's is a good background song because it never has like a rising action and never yeah. has like a bit. It's sort of the same thing through the whole thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's, it's one a cool groove. Yeah, it's, it's a, a cool really groove. cool groove. It's a cool groove to dance to. Yeah, if you're at the school yes. dance. Yes, I did. Uh, we're gonna have another one of yours next. Oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of explanation here. Okay, is he? He's the one I think you told me is not from Minneapolis. No, Andre Simone is from Minneapolis. He is from Minneapolis. Yes, okay. he is. He is Minneapolis. Is he to death? Well, you just explained it. Okay, Andre Simone is uh, C Y M O N E. C Y M O N E um, is uh, a huge influence on Prince. Okay, uh, was Prince's best friend. All right, and. Um, I don't think you ever brought him up when we no, did our Prince episode. Because yeah. he, he uh, he's a huge name if you go to Minneapolis. Yeah. And he um, he was the guy that Prince lived with him and his family when Prince was having problems with his family. Because uh, Prince's uh, mom and dad split up mm-hmm. and Prince lived with his dad. And the story goes that uh, Prince was in bed with a girl, and his dad found out and booted him from the house. Hmm. So, so, uh, so I'm sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but are you? Do you mean to say that Prince liked sex? I'm going to say on the record that I think he enjoyed sexual relations. Okay. Yes. This is some real. And I think he did it young. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm just you, you can't tell because of the music, so I know you'd be confused. Right. 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 Because he's so like. 
square. <laughs> he's so right. he's so hokey. Right. Um, so yeah, his dad kicked him out, mm-hmm. and so he went and lived <clears throat> with typical Andre dad Simone. Move. Yeah, typical dad move. Yeah. Uh, uh, went and kicked him out. Uh, he went and lived with Andre Simone and his family. Yeah. And they were going to actually be a part of a band. Um, Andre was a little bit older than him. Yeah. And so Prince really looked up to him and got a lot of his vibe and a lot of his look from it. But because uh, he's Prince and he's a genius, he kind of took it and ran with it and expanded on it. Yeah. And then... there's there's It feels like there's always that kid th- in yep. school who like... <clears throat> He's the slightly weird, creative kid who gets kicked out and is staying with one of the other kids in school's families who are yep. cool and just let him sleep yeah. on the couch or whatever. That's exactly what happened. It doesn't surprise me that Prince was that kid. Prince was that kid. <laughs> Prince is that kid. Yeah. And so when Prince blew up with uh, Purple Rain and they're like, anybody in Minneapolis who knows Prince or sounds like Prince, you get a record deal. Yeah. That was finally under Simone got a, got a record deal and he had this... It's a medium hit called The Dance Electric. And you'll you'll hear it and you go, wait, is this a Prince demo? Because it sounds like a Prince demo. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But even a Prince demo is pretty yeah. freaking it's, good. This is a good song. And yeah. it didn't. this didn't make huge waves. It was an R&B medium hit. It never crossed over. But like you said, Prince was like Michael Jackson where after Thriller, anyone with the last name Jackson got a record yep. deal. After Prince, anyone from his city got a record deal. Anyone from the city that knows Prince, well, you get a record deal. Um, so yeah. It's an. It's, the video's weird. Uh, I do like the song. That's Andre Simone. Okay, yeah. Looks a little bit like El Barge. Looks a little bit like Morris Day. Looks yep. a little bit like Prince. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's kind of got a uh, Dangerously Isms vibe to Yeah, me. yeah. But a little weird. A little weird, a little more sexual. A little more Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. But, you know, before I yes. Well, before Dangerously is yes. So you'll hear this and you go, wow, this sounds a little like Prince. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you told the story because credit where credit is due. This guy isn't ripping off Prince, but Prince was yeah. influenced Prince by was, him. Yes. And they were going to do a band. Um, Andre Simone, he, he was like Prince. He played a bunch of instruments, just not like Prince. Well, Prince, Prince plays every instrument. Prince averages. Andre plays a lot of different instruments, just not as well as Prince. Yeah. So they were going to form a band. It was going to be a trio of Prince, Andre, and Des Dickerson, who was early on Prince's guitarist for 1999. Mm-hmm. They were going to do a hard rock band in the vein of like Hendrix called the Renegades. Yeah. And then it just never really it happened. It just never, yeah. Never happened. I think they did some demos. And that, then, there were a lot of stories you told in our first episode like that, like, Prince had this idea, yeah. he planned this thing, and he had this project, and yeah. it's like, Prince always had 20 things 20 going 20 different things. Some of so, them didn't go. Some of them didn't go. That was yeah. one of them. And that's one of the reasons why Des Dickens is like, well, then I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And then Andre did his own thing. This didn't do that much, but what it did do was he actually uh, produced... Jody Watley's debut album. Okay. Uh, which was a huge album. Uh, and he, he produced and did a lot of instruments on her debut album, which is a great fucking album. I have to say, if you hadn't told me the backstory and I was watching this without knowing anything about it, I would be making fun of it so hard. Like, yeah. look at this guy trying to be Prince. Yeah. <laughs> look at this fucking Joe Bag of Donuts yeah, yeah. trying to pull up like he's Prince right. and failing miserably. And no, it's. Not even failing miserably. You yeah. just can't be Prince. You can't be Prince. And it would seem like such an obviously cynical... Yes. Prince is big, let me be a yeah. Prince type of thing. Yeah, but, but this is uh, this was this was actually, you know, authentic Andre Simone. Yeah. 
um, I don't understand this weird dystopian. I don't theme. get it either. And it's like, and then there's dancing in it. There's like, there's Blade Runner in it. There's, yes. There's, there's uh, fa- face paint and there's, neon there's everywhere. Beyond Thunderdome in it. Although I think this predates Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, it might have been around the same time. Because uh, that was like 85 or so. Because it, it reminds me of Dangerous Liaisons and the video for California Love, which is Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> yes, but. yes. And then it's like... And, and Harlem Nights. <laughs> yeah, because there's... And now they're like, no, this dancing's bad, so they have to die. Yeah. And there's gangsters in it. There's, yes. a lot to, there's a lot to process in this video. It's impossible to describe. They're in a nightclub, they're dancing, and it has all of yes. those... Visual elements, and then there's piggyback dancing, which never really is a good look. Is this a like dance marathon? Is this a they shoot horses, don't they? Scenario? <laughs> and why is that? Why is their thumbs down? What are they thumbs down? Is this just badass? Like, is this a gladiator situation where you die if they're giving you the thumbs? These fucking aristocrats. Yeah, and then there's the big guy with the drums, and oh wait, there's a light. It's just weird for the sake of weird. This is yes, Paul. That's it. It's weird. I'm sorry, for the I meant artistic for the sake <laughs> of artistic. <laughs> yes. You don't understand what's going on, and that's your fault. Yeah, Andre Simone is super cool looking. He is really cool looking. Yeah, and he got, like I said, Prince got a lot of his vibe from Andre Simone. He's sort of like midpoint between <clears throat> Prince and Rick James. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And Andre was also, from what I've read, he's a little bit older and also a little bit cooler than Prince. Yeah. So Andre kind of got all the girls real early on. Yeah. Everyone thought he was cool. And so Prince kind of emulated that and kind of took that. He's Dally Winston in Prince's Pony Boy Curtis. I'm sorry. I don't know. I've had outsiders in my mind. but such a great comparison. <laughs> <laughs> like Pony Boy is the hero in the artistic yeah. one. But uh, Matt Dillon is the yeah, fucking coolest fucking Dallas in Dallas is a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, that was... I've had outsiders on the brain, so that was the nope. first thing that came to totally mind. Totally legit. Yeah. Totally legit. Uh, before we move on. Oh, yeah. Since we're, we're kicking off a new year with this episode, mm-hmm. I want to introduce a new segment to the show. Okay. This is something we're going to try to do every episode. Yeah. This is a new segment called Don't At Us. <laughs> we need some theme music for it. So, uh, this is real simple. We're each going to say a hot take or, a, or an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Something we believe mm-hmm. that people might have a problem with about music. Probably we're only going to piss off each other. And everyone else is just going to be like, I don't, I, either I don't know what they're talking about or I don't care. I just don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. Just like, just like the whole show. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, but it's don't add us because these... Are not we're not going to argue with each other. It's not up for debate. We don't want to hear arguments from each other or anyone of, of you <laughs> yeah, who are listening. That's right. Don't say shit. They're, you know. Yeah. That's why it's called. Don't add don't us. Don't add us. Yeah. All right. So you can go first. I'll go first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you 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 told me this one before. And I'm I, like, yeah, I, that's a hot take. That's yeah, a I believe it 100 percent too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bruno Mars's 24 karat magic is better than Kendrick Lamar's damn. Yeah. Don't at me. No. I feel like that's a. The Grammy Awards agree. Yeah. yeah, Grammy knows. Gra- Grammy knows. Yeah. They get Other it. Other music nerds might have a problem with what you just said. Don't at me. But Kirk doesn't want to hear it. I don't want to hear Neither your shit. Neither do I. Yeah, don't at one of us about the <laughs> other one either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't play that fucking game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's mine. I wrote it down. Okay. 
1993 hit right here by SWV, which is built around a sample from the Michael Jackson song Human Nature, is better than Human Nature by Michael Jackson. Don't at me. <laughs> Kirk doesn't look happy. <laughs> I can't at you, so I guess we move you, on. You saw where that was going. I saw that going early on. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, don't at me, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't at each other. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's that's hard. You don't have to sit with it. You can you can you can uh, express outrage. I just don't want to hear counter argument. <laughs> oh, okay, I get you know it. What I'm saying I can't explain myself, but I can say fuck you. That's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. That's wrong. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's better. Better nope. some. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. God, I'm all sweaty now. Uh, another one of yours because right. this is real once again. Yeah. Like I swear to God, sixty percent of everything you've ever brought to this show is from 1984 <laughs> or 1985. Yeah, it really is. So since we're going in chronological order, I'm really bookending this. This yes. This, there's a whole uh, segment mini marathon of Minneapolis yes. sound that we've got from you. So who's next? Up next is Jesse Johnson. He is not from Minneapolis. He's from Minneapolis. Okay, then let's just fucking forget what I said until later. Yes. Uh, Jesse Johnson, the guitarist from the time. Okay. Yes. He was the guitarist from the time. Yeah. Uh, an accomplished guitarist. Mm-hmm. Uh, even still records today. Um, most recently, he played guitar on um, uh, D'Angelo's uh, comeback album about three or four years ago. Was it was it that long ago that his comeback album? Yeah, it was like 2015, maybe. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, D'Angelo and the and the Vanguard. Okay. Um, he played guitar on it and played it great. You explained to me, I think, last week off mic after we stopped recording that Prince assembled the time. Prince, which assembled I didn't the know. I thought they formed themselves and were a Minneapolis. They were band. not originally an organic band, and so, I'll even get into it more later on with one of my other uh, picks. Okay, but basically. Um, the time came out of roughly two groups, a group named Champagne and a group named Flight Time. Mm-hmm. Flight Time also is the name of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's production company. Okay. They took that name early. So Prince put the whole band together and was like... So was Jesse Johnson in one of those two bands? Yes, I can't remember which one. Okay. Um, and then, so he just he just put these uh, players together and be like, okay, you're not called the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to sound like this. You're going to act like this. You guys are the cool band. <laughs> and everyone said, fuck you, Prince. We'll do what we want. <laughs> fuck you. We don't need you. You're going nowhere. <laughs> they said, yes, Mr. Nelson. Yes, whatever you say, Mr. Whatever you say. So they did. And like the first two uh, um, time albums are Prince. Yeah. Like he did all the music and did the like the, the lead track, I guess you call it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, play like this, sing like this. And you're the time. <laughs> okay. And they said, okay. So this... Uh, also, by the way, just to remind everybody... In 1984, Prince is what, like 24. He's like, yeah, he's like 26. It's maybe? not like yeah. he'd been around forever. No, like and everybody had to respect him because he was no. an elder statesman. He was no. still a fucking baby. This is a guy who he had uh, a couple of big hits and goes to Warner Brothers and goes, "Yeah, um, my next album's going to be a double album." And that was 1999, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, double albums are usually for rock bands that are established." Yeah. Prince is like, "No, it's going to be a double album," and they yeah. went. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's how confident he was. Yeah. So let's play Jesse for a bit because I'm a huge Jesse Johnson fan. Okay. He had actually a really good career. I don't think we said the name of the song. This is called Be Your Man. Yeah. This and is it's, it's post Purple Rain. It's this post 1985. It's post Purple Rain. 
This is his first single off his first debut album. Is this before or after the time broke up? The time. This is after the time broke okay. up. Okay. So what happened that was, was pretty quick succession. That Purple Rain comes out, Ice Cream Castles comes out. The time yep. breaks up. Yes. And what basically the time broke up because by then everyone hated each other. Right. Uh, Morris was completely on coke. Yeah. Um, Jesse oh, was shit. Yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. Jesse was like, I can do my own shit, thank you. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were like, fuck it, we're producers now. We're out. So they all broke up. Jesse went uh, solo. Mm-hmm. And actually, his backing band were picked from uh, some of the time. Okay. Because what happened was, if you watch Purple Rain, mm-hmm. that's not the original time. Because in the movie Purple Rain, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis aren't in it. Okay. They got fired. All right. They got fired because they were producing the SOS band and missed the rehearsal. Rich <laughs> is like, you're fucking gone. So we kicked him out. Just one, in, one strike in your own? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so the guitar, the keyboardist and the bassist of Jesse Johnson are in Purple Rain. Okay. It's just random guys. They're not really part of the time. So he, Jesse Johnson's like, hey, I'm going to have a band. You can be with me now. So... Uh, this is what it came out of it called Jesse Johnson's Review and this is his first single I love this single once again and even more so this time if I didn't have any of this background information I'd be like who are these clowns trying to be Prince (laughs) yeah exactly he looks more like Prince than anybody so Mm -hmm. far exactly was it was it okay cultural context yeah is everybody copying Prince's look or was this just the style of in Minneapolis of the Minneapolis R and B scene? I th- I think they were taking his look because yeah. I never saw the look until, or more TV. likely, he was telling them to look yes. like him. Because I saw a lot of people wear jackets like these. Yeah. Um, God, I love this song so much. It's good. Um, and he's he's great. He's one of those guys again who like he wrote, produced, he could kind of play a lot of different instruments. He's a great guitarist. Yeah. But again, not Prince. Right, and like, it's so Prince style that yeah. it just seems like they're ripping Prince yeah, off exactly. to be, to, for popularity's sake. Yeah. Like, not only does he look like Prince, but everything's purple. Yeah, there's like, only, yeah. Exactly. The look, the side, they're dancing it, it a little bit It almost looks like a Prince parody. Yeah. If it wasn't so good, you'd think it was a parody. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And he had... He had a lot. He had three big albums. This one, and then uh, his second album, he had a duet with uh, Sly Stallone. That's not right. Sly Stallone, <laughs> Frank Stallone. <laughs> Do you mean the musician in the Stallone? <laughs> Sly Stone. Sly Stone. Sure. He had a big hit with them, and had a couple big albums. Still records. Look at that. That's so cool. That looked like it was from a different movie. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. From is, this, is this from a movie? No, it's not. Okay. Cause yeah, it looks like when movies have, like incorporate yeah, footage scenes look like that. But um, so yeah, he had a, if there was no Prince, he probably would have been even bigger. Yeah, because uh, he. But again, it's just Prince looms so large. Yeah. But um, he had this was a hit. He had about four or five other hits, and he still I follow him on Facebook. Um, <laughs> he, I had no idea there was. So much. I mean, I found out about the Minneapolis sound yeah. later. I had no idea how much in the wake of Purple Rain there was so much. It was insane. It was insane. Yeah. And here's my favorite Jesse Johnson story. Prince story. What happened with the time is that's the cover of his debut album. So what happened with Prince um, and the time? Prince was kind of like pulling. He was the puppet master. Yeah. 
And but what happened was the time gelled really well, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we're fucking good." Right. And so they started believing themselves, and they would open for Prince and crush it. Yeah. Like they'd fucking kill it to the point where Prince was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he would start to get a little. Mad. He couldn't follow the time. He would be like, "What the fuck is it?" So the the time really started getting cocky. Yeah. And they kept one upping each other, one upping each other. And um, during um, one concert, I read this somewhere. During a concert, uh, Prince starts fucking with them and starts throwing shit on stage while they're, they're doing their set, like yeah. throwing food and shit and fucking with them. And then Prince comes on and the time starts doing the same shit. Uh, and it becomes this huge fucking food fight. And Prince takes it seriously. Like, I guess the time was like, yeah, hey, look at us, Prince, buddy. Yeah. Look yeah. what we're doing. Prince gets all mad and it extends backstage after the concert. And long story short, Prince gets his bodyguard to handcuff Jesse Johnson to a radiator. I I don't either you told this story on the first it's episode, famous. which I don't think you did, or I read it. Yeah, somewhere. it's a yeah. pretty well known story. And Prince just started throwing shit at him. Yeah. Just started throwing food at him and taunting him for like five minutes. Yeah. And apparently that's when Jesse Johnson's like Fuck this. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I wish I could remember. Maybe you told told that story to me, not on the podcast. Or I feel like maybe Rick James wrote about it in his autobiography, oh, which I read. Maybe. But yeah, that was... Glow, the autobiography of Rick James, which I recommend to which everyone human read. person. But uh, yeah, so yeah. that's that was kind of the impetus of Jesse's like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, they had a, like, a rivalry that was fairly friendly. Prince... Uh, his second album is called Shockadelica, mm-hmm. which is a great name for an album. But he didn't have a song on the album Shockadelica called Shockadelica. Yeah. And I guess Prince mocked the fuck out of him for it and then wrote a song called Shockadelica. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't there a Prince song called Shockadelica on Alphabet Street or something? Uh, no, it's on his. Uh, it's on the B-sides. It was never released. Oh, okay. So it's on his greatest hits B-sides. I think he in, in the song Alphabet Street, doesn't he yes. say Shockadelica? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's... Uh, yeah, so basically Prince is like, how the fuck are you going to have a great title named Shockadelica and not have a <laughs> not song have a called title track. Fuck you, I'm going to do yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's why Prince is great. Yeah. Also, seems like he was a bit of an asshole, but you get yes. to be when you're that you can, When you're that genius. talented, right, you can right, do that. All right, it's my turn. Finally your turn. It's my turn. This is a, I know this. Yeah, uh, this is a band that you're not going to like. <laughs> I do. I don't like them, but I have right. so many friends in college, in high school, who love them. Yeah, that that makes sense. <clears throat> this is the replacements, mm-hmm. maybe the greatest rock band to come from Minneapolis. This is their infamous performance on Saturday yes. Night Live, which got them banned from the show. Is this song the only replacements album I know? Is Please to Meet Me? Yeah, this is from the this is from Tim, the album before that. Oh, and then Please to Meet Me. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, this was between Let It Be and Please to Meet Me. And Please to Meet Me was like a big album, right? Yeah, but they were they had gotten a lot. They, I mean, they were a straight up teenage punk band at first, and they got a little more poppy with every album. Okay, they're still pretty rock and roll here, as you'll see. Okay, um, but I want to introduce some of what was going on behind the scenes before this performance because they were like infamous hard partiers. Mm-hmm. So this first of all to establish where SNL was at the time. It's this mid 80s period after uh Lorne Michaels returns to the show, but before it gets good again before in the Phil late Hartman 80s came, when yeah. Phil Hartman and yeah. Dana Carvey yeah. and 
John Lovett and them mm-hmm. all join. So it's in that weird nebulous period where the show sucks. And this Lauren is the, Michaels is trying to write the ship. Is this the Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Downey, or after? I think it might be that season. That, was, But that might be 1985, and this is 1986. So I'm not sure who was in the cast okay. when this episode That was might have been early Phil Hartman, early... It's, it's not yet He's that not time, but it's it's somewhere in that okay. period it where... It might have been the Downey and the... Where it's, yeah. Where it it's is, not that right is a yet. garbage fucking season. Right. So the show's not good, but they get the replacements on and the replacements were infamously like not uh they didn't want to play the game you know Mm. what i mean like if you they never they they had music videos but their few music videos if you watch them are all the same static shot of a speaker playing the the song i know that yeah okay so if, if you watch the video for this song which is bastards of young that's what it is if you watch the video for another song it's the same thing like oh, it's just a God. shot in a room and That's like so you'll see like the feet of a teenage kid like in yeah. the room. So it's actually not the exact same video, but it's the same shot because oh. they were just like, we're, we're not going to make a fucking music video. It's for losers, right? <laughs> of course. So the host of this episode, Harry Dean Stanton was hosting oh the show. Right? And Sam Kinison was there to do stand up. So it's already like <laughs> this is a fucking powder keg of yeah. weirdos yeah. and, you know, drug abusers. So. Uh, the band were infamous drugs, drunks, yeah. and and drug users. And so before the show, they like sneak some beer into the dressing room. Mm-hmm. They invite Harry Dean Stanton into the dressing room. They start doing coke with the host. <laughs> and they didn't realize that like between sound check and the show, they have to stay in their dressing room. So they were oh, just going okay. like stir crazy. Oh my gosh. So they're all fucked up right. and locked in their room. Basically. And they don't want to be there because like... They're the band who doesn't make music videos, and they yeah. didn't really want to do this network TV show. But for some reason, they got talked into it. But they're they're there to create chaos. So right away, when the performance starts, like it's too loud because after the soundtrack, they secretly turned up all their amps. <laughs> so like it, it just blasts out, and then the engineers had to like fucking figure it out. And um, at about almost two minutes into the performance. Uh, Paul Westerberg, the lead singer, mm-hmm. sort of turns to Bob Stinson and goes, come on, fucker. You can barely hear it. Yeah. Like, if you weren't paying attention to hear it, you wouldn't have noticed. But Lorne Michaels fucking hit the roof. Oh, wow. This is why they got banned. Okay. Like, after they did this performance, because they're drunk as hell, but it's yeah. rock and roll, so it's fucking great. <laughs> and after they left the stage after their first song, they were like, we killed it. And, like, someone came in the dressing room, like, Lauren Michaels wants to talk to you. And they're like, he's coming to tell us how awesome it was. <laughs> oh, no, a delusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't. Uh, no, he's there to rip him a new one. There's also something I'll point out when it happens. Uh, about 30 seconds after the swear, mm-hmm. you'll see Paul sort of look into, like, where the first row is and give this exaggerated wink. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at Al Franken, who was, like, producing the show at this point and was standing there, like, with a, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't like this at all. No, no, no. And Paul Westerberg goes like, ah. like it's, oh, that's fascinating. So they are just so fucking sloppy, but it's awesome. Oh. Like Paul, like he'll sing a couple lyrics and then he'll just like wander away from the mic and the camera's trying to follow <laughs> him and they're just not. They just refuse to play along at any single oh, moment. Oh, that's funny. Uh, also, just to warn you, the, the it's one of those YouTube videos where the camera is, like, skewed on purpose to avoid getting taken down. Like, they fuck with the picture. Oh, okay. You know, sometimes on YouTube, they'll yeah. flip the picture horizontally or whatever. Yeah. So that's why it looks weird. 
But I just wanted to introduce no, that's a good way to all that backstory for what's going on for this song that you're not even going to like because it's not your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the replacement. Oh yeah, you're drunk. Harry Dean Stanley. This is, I mean, I love this. The crowd is really into it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Now, yeah, because all I think of the replacements, I think of uh, "Please to Meet Me" because my I, the, the long box set, but I just remember the, yeah. the long box set. So the hands of shape. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's like blue, I think, mm-hmm. blue and yellow. Yes. Oh, this is so Paul. Yeah. Just, just real pre-grunge yeah. college radio, like. Just dirty dudes. Just, just seriously dirty, dirty like dudes. dudes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is all over the place. I'm, I'm waiting for the moment. Is it? I'll warn you when it's okay. coming up. Because I have a question, but I'm going to wait. It's at a minute and 40 seconds. 47 seconds. So. For being fucked up, they sound. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah. yeah. He just stop singing. Oh, I'm just gonna walk over here. <laughs> He's like, you know the words. Like, you guys get it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, here's. Yeah, he turned away from the mic. You have to be like. Nobody watching that on TV noticed what he said and was offended. No, not but, at all. But Lord Michaels, but that's why I explained, like, this is when the show sucked. Yeah. And Lord Michaels had come back to the show after having left it. So he, that's why he was, like, extra, like, nothing can go wrong because yeah. I'm trying to keep the yeah. show on the air. shows, they give the, any reason to kick Yeah, like, it was the on the show. verge of cancellation. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So here's where he winks. Oh, let's see. <laughs> that is a drunk And then wave. he looks away like fucking <laughs> like and that's Al Franken that he was looking at. Yeah, it's so great. He knew something we didn't know. He knew. <laughs> he knew. Yeah. Alright, here's my question. Yeah. Do you like that song that Paul Westerberg does from the movie Singles? I like everything so Paul Westerberg has ever okay. done. Even the real like he gets really treacly once once he goes solo after like he can do some real Yeah. yeah. Like that song is, is it from Electric Heart or I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, uh, na 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 na. Yeah yeah. Na, 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 na. yeah. It, I, um, fuck. Now I have Electric Heart stuck in my head. I've got a dyslexic heart. Dyslexic heart. <laughs> dyslexic heart. Now, yeah. when you heard that, you're like, I'm good with this. Yes. Even though it's not real punk. It's like a it's a pop song. It's a pop song, but you know, just because a punker goes pop doesn't mean he's a sellout. Paul Westerberg's a great song. That's, I'm glad that you say that. I'm yeah. glad that you know, because I know a couple of friends who are like, no, fuck that. You know. I mean, look, he has enough fucking credibility. Look <laughs> at the dude. Look at what a fucking mess he was. <laughs> yes. He's, he can have his pop music. Also, now. when the replacements got uh, got back together a couple years ago for a tour, <clears throat> he did this thing where every night he wore a white t-shirt with a different letter written out in Sharpie on mm-hmm. it. And fans realized that he was writing a sentence letter by letter. And it said something about, like, 
I've had to whore out my past for for money or something like that. It was just like this wow. protest against like I'm doing this because like I have to. I don't think it's cool. <laughs> I need money. The match shouldn't be getting back together, but whatever. Uh, wow! Wow! So he's always been a fucking angry grouch, yeah. but I love grouches. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You are a fan. So yeah, it's just one of the most rock and roll performances ever. That really TV. is. Yeah. yeah, and they still did their second song. Oh, they didn't. Well, yeah, I guess they'd have to for time. Yeah. They got to fill it with something. Yeah, and then there's they all switched clothes, so everyone in the second performance <laughs> was wearing that something else that they were wearing. Oh, that's funny. And at one point after the performance. Performance, the drummer goes up to the mic and goes, oh, darn it. Like, making up fun of the fact that they swore on air. I also just love that you said that they're like, we fucking killed They that. thought, well, they did. Yeah, they did. But That was, was like, awesome. Lord, but oh they thought God. Lord Michaels was going to dress and going to come no, and be like, you guys, you guys were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right. I said that the replacements are maybe the best band ever to come out of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. That's only because Husker Du is technically from St. Paul. Oh, okay. The other half of the Twin Cities. Husker Du is maybe the best band ever. If they came out of Minneapolis, would you say they're the best out of Minneapolis? Yes. I I prefer Husker Du to The Replacements, but it's a real, it's by a nose. Oh, okay. They're both awesome. And they they had a friendly rivalry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know they were active at the same time. Yeah, Husker Du. I know Husker Du just again because of theater friends. Yeah. And, uh... All, I don't know their music, but I always like their name. And what is the I, what is the name? Husker Du was a children's game, like a memory game, and it's I don't remember what language, Swedish or whatever. For do you remember? Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, it's a children's game. Wow, it still is. You can Never. Go, you can go buy a copy of Husker Du wow. if you've got little kids. But like they put the umlauts over it, so it looks like it's it looks and sounds like it's real metal, but yeah. it's, it's literally yeah. a children's game. Oh wow. And also, like, Do You Remember is a cool kind of a name for... Yeah. Although yeah. it sounds more like a prog band, if you were just yeah, calling it, it Do does. You Remember. Do You Remember sounds a little more ethereal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or who's could do it, because it's just the, the way that it sounds is, like, guttural. And, yeah, yeah. Um, the way that this is Minneapolis is this is a performance live on the Today Show when they were filming in Minneapolis for some reason. So this performance by Who's Could Do, one of the great... Hardcore punk slash rock bands ever was was on, on morning TV and Bryant Gumbel was going to introduce them. <laughs> you know he's like I don't know who yes. the fuck these guys are. So this is from May 1987, which oh they they just put out their last album and within a, the year they were going to break up acrimoniously. I didn't know they broke up, but oh, yeah, it, they were and they've never had any reunion. Oh really? Yeah, and Grant Hart just died a few months ago. So oh my god, never will, so never will. Yeah, they were real sick of each other at this point. Uh, Grant Hart and there's two chief songwriters: Grant the drummer and Bob the guitar player. Mm. Each wrote about half the songs. Okay. Um, and they were both serious drug addicts. And I think by the time they broke up, Bob had gotten clean, and Grant was still fucked up oh, all the time. So that contributed a, problem, a lot to yeah. the. But I may be getting that wrong. He might not have gotten clean until after they broke up. How many albums did they have? I think five, and then an EP. That's a fair amount. Yeah, they put out a lot in um, about seven years. I mean, five, five albums in seven years. That's yeah, yeah. 
It's not Prince numbers, but that's still a lot. So this is them doing Could You Be The One, which I think was the first and maybe only single off their last album. But. All I know is that when this, I, the date is 5-20-87, and that's right around the time I lost my virginity. Oh. <laughs> you it. remember the date? Well, I know it was May of 87. Okay. Because it was prom. Uh, all right. That's uh, all I have to say. Yeah, you probably won't watch him Brian Gumbel. <laughs> no. Is there anything more sexually <laughs> withering than Brian Gumbel? Than, than Brian Gumbel in yeah. a morning talk show. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, making its name known around these parts and nationally too. Yeah. And by the no way, idea. by the way, yeah. Before that morning, he had never heard of Mr. No. Dude. He's got no fucking clue. No, no, no. Someone getting, I'm sure he was like, right at the commercial. What are they called? What's yeah. The, what the fuck? Are, who's good? What? <laughs> Who, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I got it. I got it. Let's just fucking do this. Okay. Just, he's just the biggest square. Oh my god. But like a smug square. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not even like sometimes someone's so square that it's charming, but he's always got that sort of unctuousness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> You're not a fan, I guess. No. Uh, well, why don't you do the introduction? I mean, I, my mind is just so blown by Brian Gumble talking to Bob Mold, <laughs> the uncoolest guy in American history, talking to the coolest guy in American. Bob Mold. M O. U-L-D? Yeah. Mold? Okay, did he have a solo career? Yes. Okay. And he and he had a band in the early 90s called Sugar, who were also great. Okay. Yeah. That sounds vaguely familiar. That name's... Okay, yep. He's just yeah. an awesome guitar yeah. player. And for a while in the late 90s, he stopped doing music to go be a writer for WWE, because he likes wrestling. <laughs> and someone amazing. at the WWE just like heard that Bob Mould liked wrestling and he got to write for them wow. for like a few years that's fucking great yeah that is amazing to number five uh, myself Bob the guitar player this is Grant Hart our drummer vocalist co-songwriter Greg Norton bassist vocalist and also songwriter I'm not going to try to assign a label to your music but what, how would you describe it <laughs> but you tell me what I'm not going to try to assign a label because I have no idea what the fuck you guys know <laughs> I'm going to say hey, who are you yeah <laughs> also poor Greg Norton I love Greg Norton but he's in a three three-man band with two other guys who are both like genius pop songwriters who shared like songwriting it's like being one guy in a band with <laughs> Lennon and McCartney you know what I mean oh like he, yeah he, <laughs> yeah but he later became a successful chef oh so good for that's him. awesome yeah oh I love that I love stories like that Okay, it's 1987. They've just released what will become their last album. They're one of the most respected bands in music, in an underground sort of yeah. way, but still. In terms of college rock, they're a huge yeah. name. Yeah, they are They are college yeah. rock. Yeah, Zen Arcade is like three or four years behind them, and Brian Gumbel is like, would you be happy just being big in the Twin Cities, or would you like to be nationally known? <laughs> Fuck you, Brian Gumbel, know a thing. <laughs> Hot take on Brian Gumbel. <laughs> Don't have <laughs> <clears throat> over the world, and we just pretty much play our music the way it, the way it happens. And uh, we get—I mean, he's, he's such a Joe Bagadona. Yeah, he you know. really is. I mean, he almost looks like a dad who has a band. He, yeah, he's only in his twenties now. He later lost like fifty pounds and like came out. And, oh wow! Yeah, he and Grant both came out later, and like he's sort of bald and has glasses and a scruffy beard, and he's fit now. Yeah, and he—he's like. Way less schlubby than he was in his twenties. Yeah, but yeah, he just sort of looks like a yeah. He's real goofy, like dad. Yeah, he's got. It looks like he's wearing jogging pants yeah. tucked into his high yeah. tops. Yeah, it's not a it's not a hip look. Yeah. The drummer's a hippest guy. Yeah, Grant's a good looking <clears throat> R.I.P. 
They're also playing this way slower. And, oh, are they? And, and quieter than oh, uh, the that's studio. That's funny. Yeah. Maybe not way slower, but it's noticeably still. slower. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't like. I generally dislike the replacements. I, I don't mind who's good. Yeah, I don't mind them at all. Um, but they are they are like look we're playing for a morning TV audience yeah. we don't need to literally blow the roofs off their house yeah, yeah. they're it, it, what little I know of them just from you and from, from friends it's like they it seem like very comfortable and like this is what we do yeah and this I don't think they're playing this way because anyone told them to yeah. I think they're just smart enough to know like let's play to the audience yeah. we're playing for we got it we'll, I mean Bob really <clears throat> screams sometimes and he's sort of singing a little bit more yeah. than he usually okay. does here but that's smart he's like you know let's just play yeah. it's still the same music because look at the people who are in yeah, the live look at audience very old couple yeah, yeah. These, these you know grannies and grandpas yeah. from we, Minneapolis we, who are here to watch the Today Show they're here to see Brian yeah yeah it's just so weird that Husker Du is on. <laughs> yeah, it but is it's, very But it's there in Minneapolis. Who yeah. else are they going to get? Can get friends. The drummer's cool as fuck. Yeah, Grandpa is so cool. He's cool. He was more like the like artistic cool one. And, I could see Bob's that. Bob's like the, I'm the unpretentious, like, but, but Bob is, is yeah. genius. Bob is a genius. It really is fascinating that this is the Today Show. Yeah. I mean, it's a, pre- it's a pretty big thing to be on the Today Show. I'm fascinated by, like, how this came about. Like, someone did some did some PA go, hey, there's this group of do. you got to get them on. Yeah, some intern who suggested yeah. them because they were going to be on. Because like, they don't even, it's not like you'll see a cool band like this even today on the Today no, Show. No, not at all. like fucking Train or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Something for moms. Yeah. This is not a band <clears throat> for moms. Not at all. It's fascinating. Yeah. He looks like he wants to disappear. Yeah. yeah. He's like, Look at all these Minnesota yeah. nice folks. That's that. Those Minnesotans uh, are not the Huskadu. Uh, but because they're so Minnesota nice, they all listen. Like the granny and grandpa were sort of just like, okay, I, I guess. <laughs> I just like you're like, this is someone's grandkids. Yeah. No one, it's Minnesota. No one's scowling. Yeah. No one's mad. <laughs> wow, that was great. Oh, one more. Okay, that looked like there was a, there was a brief flash. I thought there was more of a news. newscaster yeah. that said Husker Du in the little inset, yes. but we didn't get to hear what he was going to say. All right, uh, here's another Minneapolis guy from yes. you. This is we did chronological order, so we're going back to your group. But this is 1987. Yes, they've been around. This is Alexander O'Neill. He is from Minneapolis. Jesse Johnson's not from Minneapolis. I was right. You're right. Jesse's from Illinois. But he moved to Minneapolis. Yes. I knew knew there was one in there. Yes, that was it. That you told me about. Um, Alexander Mm -hmm. O'Neill. You've never heard of Alexander O'Neill. I don't think so. Okay. Featuring Sherelle. Featuring Sherelle. Who there. You you might know their big song. Yeah. Which this isn't it. This 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 is their second big song. Okay. So Alexander O'Neill is out of Minneapolis. He's an R&B singer. Uh, almost in the crooner vein, really great voice, um, but string of hits, um, almost exclusively produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And the reason why they knew each other is because Alexander O'Neill was the original lead singer of the time. Oh, uh, 
he was the first guy that Prince thought of when he wanted to put together the time. Mm-hmm. So the best of this is why I love this story so much. Uh, they're starting to put together the time. Uh, originally, Morris is Morris Day is an accomplished drummer, mm-hmm. and so he was going to be the drummer, and Alexander was going to be the lead singer. And so they're going through rehearsals, and Prince is kind of putting them through the paces. And apparently, Alexander O'Neill's like, "Fuck this, no." <laughs> I'm not doing this. He's like, I'm not going to be told what to do every fucking moment of my life for this. So he quit. So I, I did call it. There yeah. was at least one guy There's who one was guy. just like, no, Prince, go fuck yourself. Yeah, Alexander was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. You're not going to tell me how to. Because Prince you know would what? be like, I'm, I'm glad that somebody <clears throat> did stand up yeah. for himself. <laughs> and it worked out for him. Yeah. Because Prince would be like, sing it like this. Yeah. Sing this like this. And Alexander's like, no, yeah. I'm out. And so he's like, I quit. And then so Prince goes, okay, um, Morris, you're not a lead singer. And Morris Prince so is just like, like the Ramones. Yeah. Morris was like, uh, what? Yeah. I'm the drummer. And he's like, no, no, we'll get another drummer. You, you, you'll be a lead singer now. I'll tell you. What. And Morris is like, well, okay, sure. Here, sure. Here's what I want to know. Because Prince was so controlling with all these bands that he formed and protégés that he shaped. Why did he do that? Instead of just making all that music himself. That is an amazing question that I've read several books on. Yeah. That they've said that. They've said, like, why have the time? You could have done all that. You did do right. all that. Right. And, and, and it's not like he was just discovering bands and promoting them. No. He wasn't, his, he wasn't using his power to boost existing acts that he liked. Yes. He was a total Svenjali about it and controlling everything they yeah. did. Why? I think it's ego. Just ego. He just I think wanted to like, be in charge of other people. He wanted to be in charge. I think he's like, I can build an empire. Yeah. I'm that talented. And he was. He <laughs> yeah. did it. You know. But there is. There's a lot of like, like a, a perfect example is, uh, I think I played it on the first Prince one. There's this group called The Family. The Family, yeah. Which is a great album. Uh-huh. It tanked because no one promoted it. No one knew who the fucking family was. Yeah. And people just go, why didn't you just, you just make an album right. of that music. You doing it, it'll sell great. But I think he really did have this thing of like, I can make this happen. I can make that happen. I can make this happen and I can do my all thing. I can have it all. Yeah. I can do it all because I'm Prince. The, the, one, the one thing I can think of that seems logical <clears throat> is obviously he's so prolific that yeah. he could write enough material for himself to put out an album every year. Yeah. And have all this material left over that he could give to other artists. Yeah. If he was releasing all of that himself, people would have gotten so fucking sick of Prince so fast. There is something to that. If he just oversaturated yes. himself. Yes. Because he I don't know if that's a thing, but it seems like it might be. That could be part Like, I have of it. too much music in my head just for myself. People yeah. are going to get... I'm going to drive people nuts. I could see that because, you know, he... A lot of this... He didn't. It was never produced by Prince. It was always under a pseudonym. Yeah, that's why I like uh, he Jamie Starr is his producer name for the time. Yeah, and they're like written, it was like produced and arranged and written by Jamie Starr. No one knew who the fuck at the time Jamie Starr was. They're like, okay, there's a guy named Jamie Starr. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, he he just he, he tried to have it all. Yeah. So Alexander Neal went on to have a really successful solo career, and uh, this is my. Second favorite song of his. Um, it's very Kirk-like. Alexander. Why did you choose this one? Do you know that you might know their bigger hit? They had this hit called Saturday Love. I'd have to hear it to tell. Okay, I'm, we'll I play it by title alone. I, I you'll, you'll hear it because there's a big hook at, that is like very famous. Okay, um, 
that was a big song. There's no real video for it, and uh, there's them on like Soul Train doing it, but it's not really that good. Mm. So I was like, well, I want to have another Alexander Neal and Sherelle song because they. Oh, so like, that Saturday Love is with Sherelle too. Yes. Okay. They they had like two or three songs together. They were like they weren't ever romantically involved, but it was that. People kind of associated them at the time as Marvin Gaye and Tim I was going to say, as soon as you said they yep. weren't romantically involved, I was like, like Marvin. Yeah, Damage. it's a, yeah. They, they they kind of shaped it like that. Yeah, and they had like three or four monster R and B hits, and so this is uh, their big hit, "Never Knew Love Like This," which is a great song. That's Sherelle, okay. and it's funny too because Alexander's tall, Sherelle is tiny. Yeah. So this is, yeah, with this 87, 88, right? Valid. Yeah, 87, this, it says. Yeah, this is wrong. real 87 sounding. Yeah. Yeah, it's this funny, is, yeah, it's funny how you can nail a sound to a year or a couple of years. This sounds so 87, yes. Yeah. Yes. And this, this sound, and this, this is because I was older high school, this means more to me, yeah. and I feel it more than the 84, 85, because I was a younger teenager. Right, right. This is like, oh, I totally feel this more. <laughs> um, and they still sing, uh, sometimes they sing together, sometimes they sing apart. They had, he had one, uh, he had a bunch of hits, and he had one song called Fake, yeah. that if you heard it, you'd be like, wait, this is a time song. And that's because uh, Jimmy Jam and Terrell are like, you're going to do a time song even though you're never part of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so here, we're going to do this song called Fake. I like him. He's the, he's the kind of R&B singer I like. Yeah. Like a Johnny Gill. Yes. Or yes. Uh, uh, Luther Vandross. Or yes. like a, a real like... He's got the sort deep, of deep husky yes. sort of... Or like a... The ultimate version is Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, I fucking love Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's... He was of that vein. And I also would imagine too that... His voice would not really fit with the time. No, no. It just can, really yeah. wouldn't work. Just the way that... Not that I'm saying Johnny Gill doesn't work in New Edition, but it's a different sound yes. from the New Edition yeah. sound. He brought a new, he a, brought a a new, new color to their palette. Yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't really work. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't hear this and think this has any association with Prince. No, not the at all. The way the other stuff so yeah. obviously does. But this is Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis yeah. produced. Um, I, this is that mid-tempo... Kirk soft spot that I just love. Yep. Where it's not a ballad. It's no, a but it's, it's a fuck jam. Yeah, it's a fuck jam. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the fuck jam. Yeah. <laughs> not even for fucking, just for listening. Yeah. I just sit here and Have, listen to these. Do you jog to this one? I don't jog to this one. No, you don't I think do you've not. ever jogged to it? I've jogged to Saturday Long. <laughs> okay. Was I'm, that also a ballad? It's another F jam. All right. Yeah. 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 I'm ashamed to say I don't have that. Actually, I need to put this in my... In my library. I did not put this in there yet. I don't understand what the plot of this video is. She's in her bedroom. <laughs> he calls, sort of, she calls him. Does she? He's alone. He's wearing a creepy trench coat and hat. <laughs> I think... He looks like a flasher or something. I think he never knew love like this. Yeah. He looks sharper. I don't mean oh, to yeah. why he looks creepy, but there's something... Inherently creepy about a <laughs> about big a trench, coat. trench coat. Yeah, and she's sort of writhing around on her bed. Yes, and then she's calling him on the phone, but he's not on a phone. He's being chased by paparazzi. I think it's he's on tour because mm -hmm. being chased by paparazzi. And she misses and him. She's at home, and he's thinking, you know, I've never had a love like this. I've I've been around the world. I'm on tour. I've been with women, but 
back home. That's my another together. There's that we, what's that weird effect where it's like a, a reflection of water that creates that. Oh, movement? I don't know. It's like the visual equivalent of a waterbed. Yes, where it's <laughs> I don't know what sort that of is. dated and cheesy, but like pseudo sexy. Not pseudo sexy, Paul. That that yeah. And now they've been discovered. Oh no! I'm not sure why they were discovered. Is, is he cheating? No, it's not a cheating song. We keep seeing a shot of a double-decker bus in traffic. I'm like, I think he was he's in, in London. London yeah. okay. It's funny, like, this Jimmy Jam, Terry Loose produced sound, <laughs> every song, every R&B song yeah. of the 80s sounded like this. And it's Jimmy Jam and, and Terry Lewis. it's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Or it's like, we can't afford Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Let's get the second tier yeah. and make it sound and like... copy that. Yeah. There was just the briefest shot of him that made me laugh just now. I want to point it out. I might have I might need to back it up some more I don't want to spend too much time fishing around <laughs> now I it, need to but it was around here I thought because you laughed around here he was sitting at the bar and the TV I think you need to go farther okay oh we're going to solve this problem yeah. no I'm farther the other way yeah but let's just let it play oh, yeah. again until we see it so I'm not skipping around Listen, forever we can keep listening to Never New Love like this yes. I don't mind it's really relaxing. <laughs> it's very soothing. I mean, it sounds like dentist office music to me, but... I dare you, Paul. That's not, I'm not... That not was an, worse it's than not an insult. It's not an insult. Okay. He's, <laughs> he's got this look he's like... Sitting, yes. He's yes. sitting in a, at a bar, and there's a TV right behind him playing him. footage of him, yeah. and the look on his face, not on the TV, but in the bar, he's rolling his eyes like... Ugh. Yes. Who is who is playing this footage of me? <laughs> it looks like well, it, he's got this look of and he's at this table. He's like, is this fucking video done? Are we done? I think he's meant to be rolling his eyes at the fact. I don't that, know. But it's it's the video. Are we watching the video that they're making? He's wearing the same thing in yeah. the in the it's very meta. monitor behind it's him. Very yeah. meta. Yeah. But it's this weird, funny moment in yeah. the middle. Of- he looks like he's mad that he's still doing the video. <laughs> Well, it is the end of it. Yes. And that was your last pick. We've got All right. one more from me. Yes. This is a pop rock band from the 90s who I know you like because you've told me before that you like I it. like the second incarnation. I don't think I don't there is a it. second incarnation. What band do you think I'm talking about? Well, I know that it's, you said it's. This is Semisonic. Who's Paintball? I, because I'll explain. Okay. It's not the kidding. name of a band. Okay. I was real, oh, okay. No, no, no. This I get the, it. Yeah. This is the band Semisonic. Yes. From I Minneapolis. Thought for a second, because the way that it's 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 written, it says right. 10 Things I Hate About You hyphen Paintball. So it's like, okay. oh, is the band Paintball? No, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, no. just, you just spoiled what it is. <laughs> I just fucking ruined it. It's the Paintball scene <laughs> from the movie 10 Things I Hate About You. Which I've never seen. Oh, it's okay. This is don't at me about this. This is the best teen comedy of the nineties. Okay. Better, better okay. than Clueless. Okay, again, okay. by a nose, I love Clueless. Yeah, 
I think Ten Things I Hate About okay. You is better. Fair. Enough. I thought for a second you were going to go like of the of ever, and I was going to like flip tables because of the eighties movies. No, the best teen comedy of all time is just one of the guys from that. <laughs> Goddamn fucking right <laughs> in this ball. That movie. We talked about that movie. Yeah, that yeah. movie's fucking classic. I, I mean, I we could do a one-off <laughs> podcast that's four hours long. Yes, just talking talk about, about that just movie. One of the guys. Fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I love Semisonic. Semisonic is great. Yes, they're from. Minneapolis. Yeah. The lead uh, songwriter and singer is Dan Wilson. Yeah. Who, for my money, is one of the great pop songwriters of the last 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. He won a Grammy a couple years ago for writing Somebody Like You for Adele. Oh, he wrote that? With Fox. with her. They co-wrote Still, it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's written for a lot. He writes for other people. He produces. Okay. He produced. Uh, he wrote a few songs for her on that album. Mm-hmm. He produces. He's a big talent. For, I feel like most people, Semisonic is a one-hit wonder. They yeah, go closing closing time. time. Which is an amazing song. It is. Objectively, it is a great song. I never need to hear it again as long as I live. I always want to hear it. They played it so yeah. much when it was big. And that yeah. was when I was in high school. Yeah. It, it, they, overpl- they killed it for me forever with, with how overplayed it was yeah. when it was a hit. So... I, I do think it's a great song. I yeah. kind of never want to hear it again. That said, I love Semisonic. Yeah. I love their other stuff. Uh, my favorite track of theirs is the lead single off their album after the Closing Time album, which is called uh, Chemistry. Might know that. The album, oh, actually, the album is called Chemistry. The song is called All About Chemistry. That's a fun Okay, one. okay. But this is the song from the album, from their, I think their first album, the one before the album with Closing Time on it. This song is called FNT, which stands for Fascinating New Thing. Okay. And we're not going to hear the whole thing, but we're going to hear a big chunk of it uh, that they used in the movie mm-hmm. during the paintball scene, which like has no dialogue. So it's like a little mini music video where, uh, help me with her name, I'm blanking. Uh, Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles, thank you. Yeah. And Heath Ledger, yeah. they're the couple who are yes. sort of getting together. Uh, they've had their meet cute, and now they're on a date where they're playing paintball with each other. It's really cute. Mm. It's a little bittersweet because Heath Ledger, who's yeah. the the fucking tenth anniversary of his death, just passed a few weeks. Oh ago. Oh my god! Is it crazy? He's already been dead ten years. Ten years. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this movie's from I think ninety nine. So it's almost yeah. twenty years old. Yeah. Um, oh I god. think it's after A Knight's Tale, but this is really early Heath Ledger. Yeah. And he's he's the best. Like he he's doesn't have best. to say anything. There's so much charisma just in that dude's smile. Oh yeah, do that at all. Uh, so this is just a great pop song and a really cute like, not a love scene like a sex yeah. scene, but uh, oh, look how young they are. I know. I've never played paintball. I feel like you probably oh, have. Paintball sucks. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. Well, they make it look fun. They also don't have. Here's the thing. They don't have paintball guns in this scene they, at all. They, I guarantee you, they're like, we don't want to have guns in a team movie. I, because you don't probably, have paintball without the gun. Probably. I've never heard of it in another no, I've context. Never heard of it. They're just hucking paintballs at each other. Yeah, that's not a thing. But here's the thing. It looks super fucking fun. No. I would do this. Paintball hurts like a mother. I know, and guess what? I don't want to be at any point in my life hunted. (laughs) 
But you'll like that doesn't throw. fucking yeah. sound fun. Yeah. I don't want to pretend to be shot at. Yeah. No, it's not fun. But I, I would just do like just it's like a food ball. fight yeah. with paintballs. I've never seen that ever. No, I agree with you. I think it's because it's a movie ostensibly for kids yeah. and they didn't want to have the two leads firing yes. guns at each other because yes. that would be weird. That would be weird. Not just because like politically they think it's bad, but just tonally for the movie yes. it would it would seem weird. Yes. I'm also wondering, I'm just throwing this out because like yeah. Columbine was around this time as well. Columbine had happened. Yeah. 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 So maybe they're like, you know what? We'll get the paintball effect just throwing at each other. Right, right, right. Yeah. But it looks super fun. That, yeah. Especially for a date. Like, you wouldn't go on a date doing paintball. No, you But if it was like this. That date. If, if this yeah, this is, is cute. This is fun. Yeah, this is cute. Yeah. This song is great. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, a, it's just catchy as fuck. Yeah. And the song is called Fascinating New Thing. It's like, they've just fallen in love. Like, I'm they're discovering this. Yeah. I'm totally getting this one. Uh, it's adorable. Yeah. How come no one else is playing? Because it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, this is exactly it. That is a paintball set. Yeah. Where you'd hide and shoot. Right. But they're doing, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is definitely not a thing. For real. Yeah. It's so funny because, like, this... I also just want to point out weird editing in the movie because when they collapse into the haystack yeah. in the wide shot, their suits, the the white overalls they're wearing are relatively clean of paint. But then when it cuts to the close-up, they're oh, covered yeah, it's in filth. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Here's, this is the perfect example of like, you just talked about Kulos. Kulos, I think, was like 95. Yes. And I was like 24, 25, and I could still watch and enjoy. I was like, oh, I'll see Clueless. Oh, yeah. I'll watch yeah. it anytime. This was me at 29. I'm like, I'm not going to see what that is this movie. I'm not going to go see this movie. This also, Clueless came out at a time where there really weren't a lot of teen movies yeah. coming out. And 10 Things was part of a wave that was of a huge waves, which I saw none of. And a lot of them were garbage. Yeah. And this was one that was really, really good. Yeah. It's based on... Uh, it's Shakespeare. Yes. It's yeah. Taming of the Shrew. Yes. Clueless is Jane Austen. Yes. But this is based on Taming of the Shrew. And so these two characters hate each other yeah. at first. They're uh, uh, Kate and Catherine and... Yeah, her name's Kate and he's... Uh, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. He's Heath Ledger's. He's Heath Ledger's all that he is. Um, but it's just the cute scene yes. where they finally do start to, you know. Wow. It seems like this is the end of the movie, but it's it's like the it end of the, feel like it's the end first of the act or something. Yeah. The um, but I can see like if you were a teen, how old were you when this came out? Uh, this would have been like my junior year of high school. Oh, yeah, you're like fuck yeah, I'm gonna. Go I didn't. See I this. didn't see it until college. <laughs> I didn't because I also was too cool. Like I was like no. And then thought, how did college change and make you less cool? Um. I don't know why I saw it, but I know that I downloaded it on Kazaa. I don't know what that is. It was like the thing after Napster got shut oh, down. Okay, but Kazaa, okay. or actually it came out while Napster was still up, but Kazaa let you download videos. And that's a big deal. So you could download whole movies illegally, oh. which I did a lot. You're a bad boy. But you, I think you were basically limited by what existed in the network. That yeah. Down. So I don't know what made me like download this, but I did. And, and I you're like, this it. is great. Why did I sh- yeah. poo-poo this when I was 16? I didn't necessarily poo-poo it. It's just it wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to see those movies when I was in high school. And I was like sitting home alone listening to Led Zeppelin and occasionally <laughs> smoking pot. Like it just wasn't my, it wasn't your thing. my bag. Yeah. But honestly, this is I, – I watched a lot of Clueless um, – 
right before like a year or two after it came out mm. because what they used to do is like hbo would have a free preview week once a oh, okay, year yeah and so we would feverishly tape record every yeah. every movie we wanted to watch and so we got a tape recording in clueless that i watched like crazy right when i started high school okay okay uh and then i liked this movie so much it sort of just made me realize like yeah, I don't need to... Like, this is the movie that made me realize, like, stop acting cool and denying yeah. yourself the pleasure of pop things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you can like things, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I decided I like this movie and I like Sonic. Semi-Sonic, man. No, Dan Wilson is such a great pop deal. songwriter. Yeah. Did... But he... They don't reunite. Uh, do I don't they? think they're broken up. Oh, okay. I don't... Um... I don't know. I don't know what the status of yeah. Semisonic is. I know he does some solo stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I'll have to find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, there's one other video that I forgot to put on the list, so I'm gonna have to search for it. That I wanted to watch as sort of a capper to this. Let's cap it. Because we didn't actually pick any Prince videos. Mm-hmm. We could have. He's Minneapolis. He is Minneapolis, but we're better than that. There's something we did in the first episode that I liked a lot, and I always sort of meant to do it more often, and then mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've done it since the first episode, which is to find just regular folks on YouTube doing covers of songs. Oh, yeah. I think I like this sort of thing more than you do. A little bit more, but I don't I don't hate it. But I found a cool cover of my favorite Prince song on Sign of the Times. I'm not going to look. So close I'm your eyes, look. so... While I Google it. I'm not going to look at what the song was. I'm going to try to think in my head. Uh, yeah, you can guess. Knowing my tastes. <clears throat> um, I think I have it in my head. Okay, what do you think it is? I'm like, I, I, my initial thought, I'm going with my initial thought, I could never take the place of your man. No. Okay, then I'm going to say... You the, might not get because there's The two, cross. Okay, when I say my taste... There's really two halves to that, like real punk yeah. stuff and real poppy stuff. Oh, um, I'm going to say uh, Starfish and Coffee. That's the one. Yeah. Ah, I'm so good. I found a cool homemade cover of Starfish and Coffee from the two unlikeliest looking dudes. <laughs> All right. And it's really good. I'm down. I fucking love Starfish This is and Starfish and Coffee by Jeff Breedy and Nick Bohensky, who... I know we use this term a lot, but they look like a real couple Joe Bag of Donuts. <laughs> it's, but it fits. I think actually, I think the plural of Joe Bag of Donuts is Joe Bags of Donuts, not Joe Bag of Donuts. Joe's oh. Bag of Donuts. Yeah, I don't like, like it that a, way. Like attorneys general. Yeah, I'm not, Joe's Bag of Donuts. I can't. I'm not going to start saying it that way, even though it's grammatically. I'm going to. They look like a couple of Joe's. Oh yeah, they moms. do. I mean, they, they're a real couple of dads. Yeah, especially the guitar player. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's so cool. I think you'll be surprised by this guy's singing voice. I'm excited. Very worthy cover of Starfish and Coffee. And they're literally just sitting on a front porch. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. I love this song. Yep. It could almost be a children's song. It's a real rare thing for Prince. It, uh, it was actually uh, some of the literature were from Susanna Melvoin, the woman he was dating, Wendy's yeah. sister. Okay. So she gave him some of this. I think she gave him the hook. Um, He's got a lovely voice for a yeah. guy that just looks like a big, big old dad. Yes. Oh, that's great. You think, this sounds more like an Around the World in the Day song than a Sign of the Times song. But. I don't know. Sign of the Times is so 
That's a whole other story. That Sign of the Times album was actually four albums before it became Sign of the Times. Yeah, it was Crystal Ball. It was Crystal Ball. It was The Dream Factory. Mm -hmm. uh, it was another incarnation. Um, uh, that's such a good song. And, and apparently, because it's widely known, it's his best. Yeah. It's an amazing album. People love it. He's like... Fans and critics. Yes. Yeah. Prince himself was like, it's not what I wanted. Because he wanted a three, he wanted like a three disc. Oh, you're talking about Sign of the Times. I thought yeah. you meant Purple Rain. No, Sign of the Times. He wanted like a three disc called uh, Crystal Ball, and, yeah. and that was the one time Warner Brothers was like, "No, dude, we're not doing three fucking discs. Yeah, we'll do two. Yeah, cut it to two. And I guess you never really got over that. But you know what? Sometimes the record company's right because I've never right. listened to Emancipation all the way through in one sitting. <laughs> Emancipation <laughs> I listen to Emancipation And I go If you had cut it to two albums It would be fucking killer Yeah Sometimes a genius still needs yeah. them To be like Rain it in Yeah just Here you go Right here <laughs> You don't have to do everything Yeah It did not need to be three albums Yeah He could have given An album's worth of that To the time yeah. <laughs> Like here. you were saying He could reunite the family And be like Guys here Here yeah. you go yeah. I, I always think it's weird when syrup is pronounced with one syllable instead of two. <laughs> that was delightful. Yeah. I mean, like, that guy, he should... He's got a great little singing voice. He's got voice. a great, just sweet voice. Yeah. Watch this video. Uh, can you put it... Oh, is it too late to put it on the list? Uh, you. Oh, yeah. We'll watch one more. No, no, no. Like, to put it on the list for, for, for viewers or for uh, listeners to hear. Is this, on our, this isn't on our list. You know, uh, no, I'll add it to the add yeah. it because that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. really sweet. I meant to have it on there. I just forgot to put. Oh, it Oh, okay. On. Yeah, this listen to this guy's. You see this guy and go. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. And they've got other videos where they just do other cover songs. They're, speaking of covers, for yeah. those of you interested, uh, uh, do you know who Michelle and Ocello is? Of course, she did that cover of Wild Nights with John Mellencamp yes. that was all over VH1 when VH1 was all I was allowed to watch. <laughs> okay, good. She, in 1993, uh, I saw that the video for that. Not a fan of that song. But great I'm, bass player. I'm a fan, yes, yeah. and she's amazing. She just came out with a cover album that I only know because of, again, KCRW. Yeah. And she does a lot of different covers, and she does... Uh, Sometimes It Snows in April, oh. which is a Prince song off of Under the Cherry Moon, mm -hmm. which is one of the saddest songs in the history of music. So if you check out Michelle and Ocello, go look up um, Sometimes It Snows in April. Okay. It's the cover. It's really good. Sure. But she's not from Minneapolis. She's not, but she's singing a Prince song. Right. Well, we did. I don't know where these guys are from. Probably not Minneapolis. Yeah, but they're still delightful. But it's a Minneapolis song. But that's it for this episode of Music Raygun. Uh, we're excited for another year. It's going to be a great year, guys. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks when the topic will be Madonna Ciccone. Pop singer Madonna Ciccone. Yeah, Next heard week of her. on Music Raygun. I like that you get her. One hit wonder Madonna yeah. Ciccone. Yeah, we're just going to talk about one song. Until, yeah. Until then, you can leave a comment for us on musicraygun.com or on our Twitter or Instagram. Thanks for joining us. I'm Paul Campanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. Until next time, see ya! See ya.